Welcome to Crosspoint Community Church. We meet every Sunday exploring the practical, transforming, and relevant teaching of the Bible by doing life together. Visit our website at crosspointonline.org to learn more. Now, get ready for a powerful message from God's Word. All right, we're going to turn now our attention to um, uh, the series of messages that we're continuing in, Real Faith for Rough Times. Uh, and uh, I don't know about you, uh, what kind of season of life that you're in, but uh, we've all experienced rough times, and it may be rough right now. And so God's given us an opportunity uh, to, to really examine our lives and through the Holy Spirit to just see where we are as far as our faith journey so that we can experience more of His hope, more of His peace, more of His uh, joy, more of His love. And so that's my prayer is that, is, that, is that we would. And in doing that, we're looking at the book of James. And James is, uh, you know, in your face. You know, he's, he's one of those, whew, I don't know what it would have been like to have been one of the parishioners in, in James's uh, churches uh, as he was just, uh, uh, just right there sharing the love of Christ. I guess he was speaking the truth in love but he wouldn't holding anything back. He wouldn't playing because he wants us to know and encounter that saving faith, that real faith, uh, not a false faith, not, not even a flawless faith, but a real faith that not only enables us to encounter and experience Jesus in a growing way here, but to be able to know him and love him forever and ever throughout eternity. And so, We've been journeying, looking, looking at uh, what the lifestyles of b- true believers kind of look like. He's going, now, uh, you, can, you can kid yourself, you can deceive yourself, but I'm going to just tell you what it really looks like to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And he, and he talks about our behaviors. He talks about our actions. He's very clear that it's not through our performance that we come into a saving relationship with Him, but it's through faith alone and Jesus alone that we are saved. But that saving faith, that real faith, will manifest itself in a changed life. There will be very visible and prominent lifestyle changes in our lives as a result of a real saving faith in Jesus Christ. And so um, he, uh, he, he, he says not only in our behaviors, it's in what we say in our words and our tongues. And, and, and we were taking a look at that uh, last week in James chapter 3. And today we're going to continue and even finish chapter 3. Golly, y'all, we've only been in this thing about two and a half months and we've already made it all the way through almost three chapters. Isn't that amazing? We're just smoking. All right, so... Uh, but it's in chapter three that he's talking about these two types of wisdom. There's worldly wisdom, and then there's real godly wisdom. Uh, there's the man wisdom, and then there's the heavenly wisdom. And so it's here that he enables us to uh, really take a look at, well, what kind of wisdom are we living by? How do we really live with godly wisdom? And uh, it's found there in James chapter 3, beginning with verse 13. Uh, And I'm going to ask that you read along with me in this passage. God's Word for us today. Who is wise and understanding among you? Well, let him show it by a good life, by deeds done in the humility that come from wisdom. 
But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, of the devil. For you, where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. Wow, what a powerful passage as we come to look at the wisdom that we are living by. And uh, the reality is, is that we live by something in order so, so that we can experience the real meaning and purpose of life. We do want to experience all that we've been celebrating, all that Jesus brings. We do want to live with hope. You know, just the overflowing hope because God is a God of all. We do want to, to live with peace, you know, real peace, not suitable. We, we, we do want to have peace even in the midst of rough times. But that's what he's talking about in this particular passage is that whenever we have a real faith, whenever there's a real faith, it doesn't matter what kind of times we're experiencing. It doesn't matter about the circumstances of life because it's these tough times, these rough times that can even make us better. You know, God uses that. He redeems what he allows. And so um, instead of becoming bitter like so many people, and there's, you know of people that have turned away from God because something happened and they're blaming God. And they become bitter instead of better. And God says, no, no, no. I want you to know that I'm the God of all hope. I'm the God that will bring you peace even in the midst of rough times and the storms of life. And I will give you joy that's not dependent on happenings, which happiness is, but I will give you joy that is rooted in who I am and my sovereignty. And then I'll give you love that we talked about this morning. So we want to experience that. You know, we, we, we all want to experience that. But in order to do that, we have to have wisdom. We've got to have wisdom. Uh, God's word says uh, the fear of God is what? The beginning of wisdom. So there's, there, there's wisdom that's needed in order to live life as God designed for us. Now, uh, there's a Persian proverb uh, that's very difficult for a redneck from Alabama to say. It's a tongue twister. Uh, but you might want to just kind of remember this. And some of you that have been around, you've heard me quote this before, but it's been a long time. Here's the Persian proverb. He who knows not and knows not that he knows not is a fool. Shun him. He who knows not and knows that he knows not is a child. Teach him. He who knows and knows not that he knows is asleep. Wake him. He who knows and knows that he knows is wise. Follow him. Like it? That's pretty good. I mean, that's a pretty good Persian proverb right there. Um, see, the reality is that none of us want to live a foolish life. You know, you know, you know, but... Uh, you know, uh, we, we don't want to be considered as a fool, but it is saying there that, you know, if we don't know and we don't know that we don't know that, that, that we're, we're foolish. And the Bible speaks a whole lot about living foolishly 
in this life. And yet what we're talking about today is this desire for us to, to live with wisdom. And, and, and the very heading, I don't know if you have a heading in your Bible like I do uh, on this particular section, but it says two kinds of wisdom. Two kinds of wisdom. Now we are living by one of these kinds. Or maybe there's even a mixture uh, of these two kinds of wisdom in which we're living by. But uh, truly, there's only two options that we have. And when it comes to how we can live a hopeful life, a life of peace, a constructive life, a beautiful life, uh, a life that is uh, productive, uh, a life that is meaningful. And uh, he is saying here uh, that in this particular passage, you can tell by who is living a wise life, who's living by godly wisdom. Uh, in, in two very practical ways. So uh, I, I want us to look at that very first verse in verse 13. For here, what he says, he says, Who is wise and understand among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that come from wisdom. Now remember, you know, when it comes to how we live, uh, James had already said in James 1.5, if you lack wisdom... If you lack wisdom when it comes to uh, like spiritual things, when, if you lack wisdom when it comes to family or relationships or when it comes to money, it doesn't matter. If you lack wisdom, what does it say do in James 1.5? It says, ask God. Ask Him. But believing, not doubting, but believing that God is who He says He is. We need to get to know God in a deeper, more profound way. But He says, ask God. And so it's in this particular passage that James is just raising this up. He said, any of you... Any, any of you uh, claim to be wise? Any, you know, we all want to feel like we're pretty right. I mean, we're not going to live our lives going, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. No, we're going to try to get it right. Even a food doesn't want to be, you know, thought of as, as wrong. We, 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 we want to get it right, right? Right? Are y'all wait? Hello? Okay. <clears throat> so it says, if, are, are you pro proclaiming to, to, to be wise? Uh, then he says there's two manifestations there's two evidences that we can look at in this particular passage uh, that says uh, this is true of a person that is truly wise. Number one, he says, he says, look at that verse. He says, let him show it by his good life. Let him show it by his good life. By deeds done in the humility that come from wisdom. He's saying, okay, show me. But what he's saying there is, you proclaim to be wise. You think that you're right. You think it's going, then show me. And how you show me is through your good life. Now that good, that word good and that whole phrase is talking about being moral and, you know, and, 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 and not being a liar and cheating and all that, but being moral and living according to God's word. But really he's saying, I want you to show me by the beautiful expression of your life. Show me, show me by the healthy way in which you live. It's beautiful. It's a, it's a beautiful life. And uh, you know, it's not dependent on circumstances, but it is your life is lived, and not a perfect life, but a life that is desirous of knowing God and, and giving glory to Him and, and living as a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. And it just becomes beautiful to the people that are around you. You know, and it says here, 
You know, and to good deeds, it says, by deeds done in the humility that come from wisdom. Now, those deeds, James has already talked about those deeds, hadn't he? Earlier in this book, you know, it's just talking about the way you live your life. But more specifically, what, he is, what he's been harping on in here is you can tell it by your view of those people that are needy, those people that are poor, those people that we say are un, you know, under-resourced. Uh, those people that are without. Uh, and, and this particular, he said, show it by the demonstration of your attitude and your lifestyle and your behaviors and your actions toward those people. So it's the right actions. He said, this is the way you demonstrate that. But then he says, also, it's just the right attitude. It says, by the good deeds done in the humility that come from wisdom. So it's right actions and right attitude. You can tell, not, you know, um, somebody's not wise just because they say they're wise. You know, you know, people are telling us they know and they've got the angle and all that. They're not wise. You know, there's a lot of big talkers. There's a lot of in, big and impressive ideas. There's a lot of strong opinions out there uh, uh, when it comes to every facet of life. Uh, and there's a lot of knowledge. But there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom, Right. You know, we can have all kind of knowledge, but not have the application, uh, which is the wisdom. And, and wisdom is knowing how to apply the knowledge and the truth of God in every facet of life. It's, it's, not, it's not compartmentalizing uh, uh, and, and, and just saying, well, I'm just going to be wise in this particular area. When it comes to money, I'll be wise in that, and I'm going to rely on everybody else. No, no, no. He's, God says we are totally His. We can't compartmentalize that. He wants us to have that wisdom. Yes, we can, we can rely on wise people. You know, as this says, he who knows and knows that he knows his wise followers. So we can follow the, the advice and the counsel of people who are wise in different fat relationships, spirituality, uh, money, whatever the case is. But we too need to learn that and apply that and, and, and live it as God would have us uh, to live it. So he's saying that if we, if we claim to be wise, if we think that we're living right, uh, then he's saying, I want you to demonstrate it. If you truly are living right, then you will see it through the right actions by a beautiful life. Not, you know, not a life that's just beautiful on Sundays, you know, uh, but a beautiful life and a beautiful attitude each and every day. Now, so it's here that he comes in and he's saying, now, there are these two types of wisdom that you're going to have the option to live by. And um, it's either this, it's either the world uh, and, and culture or it's God. And so it's here that he begins to, to mesh down into this, into this, uh, into our understanding to help us to truly see where we're getting our information from, what we're truly living by. And uh, it's uh, in the passage as we go on in verses 14 through 16 uh, that he tells us that we, we can get godly wisdom by asking God or we can get wisdom of the world by just living in the world. I mean, and, and this is what we live in every day, the culture and all of that kind of stuff that says this is the way you should live, this is what you should do, this is how you should think, and it's, it affects our worldview, every aspect of it. And so now he's saying there's this false wisdom that kind of boasts of being the real thing, 
But he said, let, let me show you uh, what uh, is the reality, you know, where that's really coming from. Verse 14. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and of the devil. So first thing he's saying is, here's a reality of superficial wisdom. Number one, it, it, the motivation of it, the, the hidden motives, it, the root is this. The, it, at the root is this. It's all about me. And that's the wisdom that we're living in in the world. That's where we're getting it. You know, it's all about me. You know, it's a very selfish, self-oriented, self-seeking kind of, uh, of knowledge and wisdom, uh, a way to live. But there are these hidden motives. They're the driving forces behind so much of the so-called wisdom today. Like you need to do this and you need to do that. This is the way you should. This is the way you should act there. This is what, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's just coming at us, coming at us from every different angle. But he said, listen, here, here's where it's coming from. Number one, he's saying, what did he say? Bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart. So it's just saying there's this sense of, uh, of envy, this, uh, this jealousy. Uh, it's this despair, the kind of despair that comes in our lives and that drives us because we don't have what we see others having. And so we think we need it. We think we need it. Uh, that's one of the reasons, quite honestly, that, you know, even back in the day, you know, when you would you'd have the catalogs and magazines and all that kind of stuff, I mean, I just didn't look at them because I, as soon as I started looking at all those, you know, catalogs, I'd be going, I need that, I need that, I need that, I need that. And I, I didn't really need it, you know, but it's just in our face all the time. But he's saying there's this underlying current, this hidden agenda of, well, it's all being done because there's this envy. And then he says this selfish ambition. You know, and, and this, is, this is the world in which we live now. You know, the, it's, it's a me-centered world. And, and there's so many, you know, that it's like, it, it, you know, so many people live as though there's no God. And then for those that say, well, you know, maybe there is a God, well, but he's there just to serve me. And we see that predominant in so much of Christianity is that, you know, it's, you know, God's just kind of a genie in the bottle. It's just serving me, serving me. And God, I'm praying for all this stuff about me. But it's all about me mentality. And, and that's at the root of this. Uh, and, and he says selfish ambition is this relentless drive to push our way to the top where we demand that everything bends to our will and what we think should happen and how we think it should be. And so he is saying here that there's this uh, hidden agenda, it's this motivation of, of all of this wisdom in the world in which we live, and you need to do this, and this is why you should do your relationship, this is why you should go do your church life, this is why you should do your money. He said, there's a worldly and a false wisdom. Uh, and it's, it's, it's not the real thing. And then he goes on to say, I want you to know where it comes from. I want you to know where it comes from. Verse 15, such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual of the devil. Wow. What, what is he saying here? 
There's a lot of wisdom out there that's just of this world. It's earthly. It's, it's just, and, and we just absorb it. If we're, listen, we're in the, this big old, big old poo ocean of life, and it's just what we're swimming in every single day is this earthly wisdom. That, I mean, we're just in it every single day. Uh, it is, um, uh, un, it says, unspiritual. I mean, it's totally horizontal. You know, again, earthly is, okay, there may be a God, but if there is a God, you know, He's there to serve me. He's, you know, it's there, it's there about what I think should be, and, and, you know, the trajectory of life and what it, the way it should be and what it needs. Uh, he said, that's just of the world. Unspiritual means just completely without God. You know, uh, Paul talks about, you know, the, some, it breaks down in, in, Corinth, in, in uh, Corinthians, I don't know if it's first or second, you know, about the different categories of people. He said, there's the carnal person. That's the unspiritual person. That's without the spirit of God. He said, so there's this prevailing wisdom that's out there that is just worldly and it's without God. Oh, you may think that there's... God may believe that there's a God, but we're living as practical atheists and not empowered by the Spirit of God. So that's not good. But then he got, you think that's not good? He goes even a step deeper. He says, of the devil. He says, so much of the thinking that's prevalent in the world today is out of the pit of hell. Now, it 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 it, it is it is not like you know, when it comes, it's, uh, you know, coming to us is very obvious. I mean, it's, it's very, very subtle. It's very subtle. You know, like um, Satan will never come to me or you and say, you need to hate your kids. Hate them. Hate them. You need to hate your wife. Hate them. No, he's not going to do that. But if he, can, if he can distract you and me enough He's uh, practically can reach the same end to where if we are now giving ourselves and our resources to other things, we're living ourselves in a way as if we did hate them. So it's very subtle. But he said, this is the source. There's a source of wisdom that's of the world. It's totally unspiritual, and it's from the pit of hell. And he says, now, now if if things are being lived out based on that, then here's the results. Y'all want to see the results? Now, and, and, and I think we can probably kind of just close our eyes for a minute and just think, what's going on in our world and which one of these are we living by? What's the, what's the world embrace? He says, verse 16, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, you find disorder and every evil practice. He said, now here's, here's the results of this false, worldly wisdom, prevailing wisdom that's out there. You have disorder and every evil practice. That word right there for disorder is uh, chaos, uh, confusion, um, not harmony, chaos, confusion, disorder. Wow. We see a lot of that in our world today, don't we? 
what's going on? Is there wisdom out there? Or is that godly wisdom? Or is this, no, no. I'm, what about what about our homes? What about our relationships? He says, when we are sucked up in the tide of this ocean of worldly wisdom uh, that is earthly, unspiritual, and from the pit of hell, then it results in chaos. It results in disorder. It results in confusion. Boy, we've been seeing that this year in the streets of our nation, haven't we? We, 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 we see that every day uh, on, the, on the screen of our TVs uh, during the time of news with all this chaos and disorder in the homes. He said, that's just, that's just a result of this false wisdom, leaving God out totally unspiritual. Um, and the reality is, is that, you know, some of you grew up in homes where because they chose to live in this, in this way, he who thinks he's wise, you know, or he who thinks he knows and knows not, you know, is a food. Shunning. Uh, there's a lot of foolish living that is resulting in a lot of hurt. And because what he says right there, the end of that is, he says, you find disorder and every evil practice. Every, think about evil, evil practice. Uh, murder and theft and abuse and just all of this stuff. Think about every evil practice. I said, that's a result of just living without godly wisdom. And, and, and the reality is, is that as we come to, to, to look at this, we see that, you know, that God is, through James, has painted a picture of so much of what we see in our lives personally and what we see in our homes, what we see in our nation. And, and it's because either in a very proactive way or uh, in a, a way that has just because we kind of caught it. Not, you, we didn't intend to, but we just kind of caught it. We're just, we're just living by this false, ungodly wisdom. And, and the fact of the matter is we can, be, we can call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ and still be living that way. Uh, and, and one of the things that he says here uh, in, the, in this particular passage is, go back to, go back to verse uh, 13. Uh, no, go, go back to verse 14. He says, but if you harbor this envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. What, what he is saying is, is that this false wisdom will say, you get to decide what's best for your life. And you, can, you may filter God in it. You get to decide, hey, you get to decide your, your purpose in life. You get to decide your identity in life. And James is saying, listen, if, if, if this is what's going on, don't boast about it to try to prove yourself. 
And see, that's what's going on in our culture is it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> what's right for you is not necessarily right for me. And if you don't, if you don't bow to what I think is right for me, then I reject you in my life. And he's going, wow, that's, can you see? Can you see where that's coming from? Because you're boasting about it. And if, and if we, you know, if, if, if we are seeing, you know, our veins poke out, uh, you know, in our, in our forehead and our necks and stuff like that, trying to prove our point, and we're boasting that this is okay. James is saying, whoa, be careful. Be careful. He said, that's not of God. He said, that's earthly, that's unspiritual, and from the pit of hell. But then he's saying that if this is the way, if this, if this is the way, if this is what you're operating on, there's not going to be joy. There's not going to be true love. There's not going to be peace. Uh, there's not going to be true hope. There's a sense of hopelessness that pervades. So he said, now we can live that way. And so many, so many are just living with this false wisdom, proclaiming this knowledge, proclaiming this insight. But it comes as a result of pride and not of what he spoke of already, humility. But he says, if we humble ourselves, then we can experience true godly wisdom. And he says, here are some of the realities uh, of, of, of true wisdom, godly wisdom. This is, he, you know, not an exhaustive list, but this is a litmus test for true wisdom. Look what he says here. But, and he's contrasting, but the wisdom, if, you, if you're living, uh, you know, in a, in a way that is looking humbly to God, trusting Him, he said, if, he said, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial, sincere. He said, now, if you want to live right, if you want to get it right, here, here's what he's saying. He says, this, this, is, this is how you can know if you are really living with godly wisdom. If, if, you know, if, if there's wise living that's going on in your life and your family and your community and all that. He's saying, uh, number one is, first of all, pure. And by that word pure, uh, I think he's saying that uh, it's just, you know, there's no hidden agendas there. Uh, it's good. It's beautiful. It's not contentious. It's not trying to prove your point. It's pure. And the only way it can be pure is because we have such an absolute trust and dependence on God. You know, and just going, God, you've got this. And then he goes on, he says, not only pure, but he says, peace-loving. Peace-loving. Uh, true wisdom is peace-loving. Now, we know that, you know, the Bible tells us, and Jesus said in, in the Sermon on Blessed are the Peacemakers, right? Uh, and, and that word peace-loving also means peacemaking. It's not that we love peace. Like, who doesn't just love peace? I love it. But peace-loving means also peacemaking. 
And Paul in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3 says, Make every effort, make every effort to keep the bonds of peace, I mean, uh, the, the, the bonds of unity through, through the peace of God. So it, it means this it means that we're not, we don't just love peace and enjoy peace, it means that we actively pursue peace. So, quite honestly, what this is saying that. If, if, you, if you're living wisely, then you're being proactive in seeking to be a peacemaker. And, and you know, wow, in such a contentious culture and society right now, uh, when it comes to especially the political world right now, <laughs> it's like we can either dig our heels in and just go, well, yeah, this is my side and here's why I'm here. Or we can, we can actively pursue being a peacemaker. What? What? He says, when there's so much misunderstanding, instead of just going, wow, I don't get it. I don't understand. And we just kind of go, I don't know what to do because, you know, <laughs> little old me, what can I do? He's saying that true wisdom means that we actively pursue Peace. See, that's what, Je- and that, that's what Jesus did, and it was very costly. He made peace between me and you and God. And it's dangerous. It, it, it promotes peace. And again, that's not a natural response. That's not a worldly response. That is a godly response. And you go, well, how do I do that? Because I see so much, I see so much that is not at peace. Well, we just first of all says, God, I'm I'm yours, and I'm a peacemaker. Start with me and let me just go ahead and start. And instead of avoiding conflict and all that kind of stuff, let me just begin to be a peacemaker in my relationships, in my home. And then let me be a culture-changing Christian. And, you know, that's one of the reasons I keep uh, encouraging you to listen to, to Jim Dennison, you know, in this daily article. And because the whole, this whole ministry is about helping me and you to become culture-changing Christians, not caught up in the flow and the current of this world, but learning how through the grace of God and through the fruit of the Holy Spirit to be peacemakers. Wow. Man, I was just trying to enjoy Christmas. Why are you saying all that stuff? You know, I was just trying to get along, man. You know, I'm just trying to live my life, and I just want to just, you know, have my house and, and have my family and, and just get along. He said, no, wisdom from heaven, wisdom from God is beautiful. It's a beautiful life. I mean, you know, it's like, it's like, you don't mind getting that shot from that nurse because she's just been so nice and all that kind of, she's just smiling and she's just being nice to you and she's just giving you a shot. Or you can come in there, you know, like, well, look at this. I got, look how big that needle is. I'm going to just stick you, you know. And, and No, there's a way to go about it. And it's the way of God through the Holy Spirit. It says, it is pure, it is peace-loving. What's the next? Y'all want to go on here? All right, I'll, I'll hurry up. Uh, and then it says, it's considerate. 
the word there can also be translated to uh, uh, gentle. Uh, it's just it's it's just not in your face. It's not I'm right and you're wrong. It's considerate. The end does not justify the means according to what we're seeing here as far as the wisdom of God. Submissive. Oh my goodness. Submissive. Man, we've got to stand up for our rights. No, he's saying I, and the whole idea here is this, that we are submitting ourselves to the authority of God in His Word and to His leadership of our life. Submissive. Um, see, superficial wisdom leads to stubbornness and the stiff-neckedness, and I'm going to prove my point. Full of mercy. Full of mercy. Wow. So this comes back to this deal. What is mercy? I don't get what I deserve. That means when we're full of mercy that we're giving people what they don't deserve. And how many times have we Pull back whenever we go, man, I'm not going to help you out because you don't deserve it. It says true wisdom is full of mercy. And it says good fruits. So we're saying this is a very tangible thing. This isn't, you know, as he's already said, it's not like, oh, I'm praying for you. Uh, no, it's good fruits. It is a very tangible expression through finances, through time, through resources, Good fruit. Wow. Every kind of good work. That means I see it and I respond to it. And that is one of the reasons we've been just so intentional in saying, you know, we're not just a little huddle here as a church. No, God has placed us here to be in this community, to be salt and light, and to be a demonstration of what, his lifestyle is all about. And that means that we're, crawl, we're all in every socioeconomic, you know, all kind of categories that we're doing life together. You know, so continue to continue to pray, you know, for it, the, the expressions. And thank you. I mean, historically, you know, Crosspoint has been such a, a hospitable uh, place, a safe place for people. Uh, also reaching out to care showing mercy and good fruits and good food. But it's also an opportunity, you know, for us as, as we're continuing this bond and this uh, partnership uh, with Homestretch for those that are, are, are under-resourced and underserved to be able to be a demonstration of God's love and grace. I see the need and I respond is, is what this is saying. And then he goes on to say, uh, impartial, now, he has already talked to us about that, not showing favoritism. You know, we're not saying, I'm, I'm going to be good to you because I scratch your back and you can scratch mine. And sincere. That means just authentic. We're not doing it just to go, okay, this is what a good Christian could do, you know, and we're doing it just to check the box. No, 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 it's sincere, it's authentic. There's worldly wisdom. And there's godly wisdom. And it's night and day in what they look like. My, 
my encouragement from you and me today is like, Lord, through your Holy Spirit, help me to see where I'm not living by your wisdom. And he goes on here to say in verse 18, and this is really the results of, the, of that godly wisdom. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. So when we, when we live by godly wisdom and we are ambassadors of his peace, there's a harvest of righteousness. And instead of confusion, instead of chaos, instead of turmoil and all this, he said there's a harvest of righteousness, of right living, of peace, of hope, of joy, of love. And you know... That's my ongoing prayer for me and for you and for our family at Cross Point is that, you know, that when people look at us, you know, and, and, they, and they talk about us rather than saying, oh, yeah, that's that church. They believe this and they stand for that and they do that. No, that they'd be able to say, man, they are always cultivating peace. They are just, uh, everywhere they go, you know, there's just more harmony. There, there, there's less conflict. Conflict is, is faced and resolved. People are flourishing. People's lives are becoming beautiful. Why? Because he says there's a harvest of righteousness when we live in this way. It produces righteousness, not chaos, not hatred not division, uh, not jealousy. That's a lot, isn't it? Let's close with this. How do we, how do we, how do we either, <laughs> either start living this way or how do we, how do we not only uh, encourage but maintain this way of living? James has already told us in James 1.5, we pray, we pray every day. Say, God, give me wisdom to live. God, give me wisdom to live. We pray and ask God, not doubting. But then we, we just pursue that wisdom. You know, the, the wisdom books of the Bible say, get wisdom, get understanding. We pursue it. How do you pursue it? Well, you, you pursue it by looking to the wisdom of God. Well, that's the reason we get into his word. We pursue it by, by looking at especially the wisdom books and Psalms and Proverbs. You know, there's how many, how many Proverbs are there? 31. You know, read the Proverbs a day. You know, one of my friends said, listen, he encouraged, Pastor Friend, he said, he encouraged he said please, dads, read a proverb, the Proverbs of the day. Today is the 20th. Read the 20th. Read the Proverbs of the day uh, to your son uh, while he's growing up uh, so that he will not be a fool. Moms and dads, read a Proverbs of the day to your daughter so when they, as they grow up, they're not a fool. Because that's exactly what this is saying. You go, but that's kind of harsh. We don't want to think about having foolish kids. But we, we pray for it and we pursue it. But we start with just surrendering our lives. What it was talking about right there, we partner with God. Have you partnered with God? Most of us would say, yeah, I partner with him. Have you partnered with God? That means you come. The, 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 
the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's not the end of wisdom. It's not the all in all, but it's the beginning. It's starting by saying, God, I acknowledge that your way is the way that I want to live. Your way is the only true living way. And I turn from living according to what I think, and I will live according to your word. Have you done that? That's different. That's, that's totally different than joining a church. That's totally different than, you know, Zooming in or Facebooking in or even showing up in person. That's totally different. It's coming to a personal place in your life to where you surrender your life and your agenda. You say, it's not all about me. It's all about you. And Jesus, I choose you. Because apart from you, if I, don't, if I don't experience that godly wisdom in my life, then I, the, the, every evil practice that he was talking about, uh, the coming from the pit of hell, so it's not just bad things that happen in my life and, and, and it hurt other people and all that kind of stuff. But the, the most wicked thing that say Satan wants to do is to rob me and you from experiencing the very reason that we are created, and that's to have a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ and enjoy Him forever. He don't even mind it if, you know, things go pretty good and you make it through this world without knowing Jesus. But it starts by bowing to Him. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank You for Your amazing love and grace. We thank You for this opportunity that we've had to just come to, to, to Your table. Lord, we confess that this world is relentless uh, and uh, there's so much noise and so much coming at us. And I pray, oh, Holy Spirit, that you reveal to each of us where, Lord, we have just kind of used you kind of as a genie in a bottle rather than surrendering to you. Where we have just absorbed some of this worldly wisdom and we're living, we're living like the world rather than living as your children and followers of Jesus Christ, Yahweh. Today, if you're not sure about where you are in your relationship with God, if you have a saving, real faith, well, Jesus' invitation to you is to, to trust Him and, and to turn your life over to Him. And you can do that. There's nothing magical it's just a decision in your life, realizing the conviction of the Holy Spirit and just saying, Jesus, I choose you. I turn from my, my way of living and I trust you. Thank you for the gift of faith. I receive you into my life today. For others of us, he's saying, hey, uh, just go ahead. Not, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ, but just go ahead and just confess where you've been living by worldly wisdom and how it's got its roots into your life. And God's saying that, that's, that has no part of my children. And ask him just to remove that as you pursue his wisdom in a right relationship with him. Father God, thank you so much that you came that we may live. Not just... Um, not just passive and get through, get it through kind of lives, but abundant lives. May we live in such an abundant way that it is beautiful and attractive 
to this needy, desperate, dying world around us. And we make it our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CCC Roswell. Learn more and find ways to get plugged in at Crosspoint by visiting our website, crosspointonline.org. There, you could drop us a line or submit a prayer request. Like what you hear? Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next week.